Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Duel of the Fates Nerdcast. I'm Evan Kruger. And I'm Eric Emmons. And we've got some interesting news to share today. Probably not as much news as we had last week. But um, interesting nonetheless, George Lucas was spotted in Belfast, Ireland. and It's fairly certain that he was scouting out possible filming locations for a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, that's basically the news. A lot of speculation is that it's the Obi-Wan movie that we've been hoping and praying we're like gonna start seeing being product- yeah. produced. Um, but it could be uh, it could be much more than that. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on what he's doing here, Evan? So a lot of the more clickbaity articles were, oh, George Lucas is scouting out stuff for the Obi-Wan movie. It's confirmed they're gonna start the Obi-Wan movie, and I don't I don't think we can really make that jump. What's interesting, they visited a film studio that's one of the biggest in all of Europe, which is where a lot of Game of Thrones is filmed. And yeah. If you listened last week or have been on the internet anywhere, you know that the creators of Game of Thrones of Game of Thrones of Thrones are going to be making <laughs> whew, that was a mouthful. <laughs> are going to be making their own trilogy of Star Wars movies. So it's also possible that George Lucas could be scouting out locations yeah. um, for that trilogy. So I've been thinking about this a little bit and kind of thinking, what do I want it to be? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I'm really down for it being the Obi Wan movie. Oh, totally. I think it should be that over. I don't. And here's the thing: I like George Lucas a lot. Actually, I love him. Right? He gave us what we love. He, yeah. he doesn't need to get involved in prequel prequels, right? Yeah. Like keep him out of it. But at the same time, what did he do so well? He made us fall in love with who? Obi Wan Kenobi. Kenobi, the best part of the prequel and, trilogy. And it's not like people often say he's the best part, and that's so true. But it's not like he's the best part of a bad trilogy, so therefore he's okay. No, like he's he's an amazing character. Mm-hmm. He's so well done. You love every part about him, really. Um, and I think George Lucas put his mark on him. And I think I hopefully Disney and Lucasfilm basically was like, hey, this is the guy who should be you should be working yeah. with us on this. This shouldn't just be our own little project, you know. I think it's awesome that they're including George Lucas in this stuff, and also that George Lucas wants to be involved in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the break between um, uh, Lucas and his uh, his beloved Lucas film it wasn't a pretty one at first, but I think it's really awesome that George Lucas is going to be involved in Star Wars again. I don't know in what role. I yeah. don't want him. I don't want him writing because I don't want to hear lines like "I'm haunted by the kiss you should never have given me" ever again in Star Wars. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm all for. I mean, I think he's a great director actually, and I think he's just. There's just a lot of problems with the prequels, as we all know, um, and I think we're in a little, we, we've kind of maybe overly um, re- rebelled against anything George Lucas-y, yeah. and, uh, and I don't think that's totally fair, right? I mean, he made some of the best movies, and he brought to light yeah. this whole world we love, you know, and um, he knows his stuff. Yeah. He knows how to direct a good movie. He does. I mean, he's done it before. Even um, even if George Lucas is involved in an important way in another Star Wars film, whether that be the Obi Wan movie or another anthology film, or maybe one of Ryan Johnson uh, one of Ryan Johnson's movies, um, he wouldn't be the head honcho, and so he couldn't just boss people around. I think that was a big part yeah. of the trilogy is that he uh, the prequel trilogy is that he just surrounded himself by a bunch yeah. of yes men yeah. who never pushed back on any of his ideas. And, and if they did, they all of a sudden lost that ranking yeah oh yeah 
I agree with that, and I think uh, George Lucas just isn't the type of guy to be. I'm glad he's not in control anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll say that much. But at the same time, I want him involved. Yeah. I, I think one of the bigger questions, kind of spinning off this, because of all this talk now about Obi-Wan, right, is um, is the Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> movie happening? I mean, what do you think, Evan? I've, I've sweat many drops of sweat, wondering yeah. when uh, I've got tissue boxes on my feet. I'm yeah. sliding them back and forth across the floor. Yeah. I haven't cut my toenails. Wondering when Ewan McGregor is going to be well, confirmed as Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. for an Obi-Wan Kenobi anthology film. Every, every morning, I'm in the corner just shaking, waiting for Evan <laughs> to come in and tell me the news. I'm always like, is it, is it today? And he always just shakes his head, and I get up, and I go to dinner. And <laughs> Dude, I've been in my room. I'm you sitting in my room six. the whole time, the whole day, waiting for that news. But we, the whole fan base is nervous because... You know, none of us ask for the solo film. We're excited about it now. Yeah, I don't want a Boba Fett film, but every Star Wars fan wants to see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi again. Like that is going to be a winner, no matter what. And and, you know, they basically told us like, yeah, guys, you know, to the point where like we're basically we're sure we're getting this Obi Wan Kenobi movie. And I think the announcement of these new series of films. by the Game of Thrones directors, makes me wonder if, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, maybe, I wonder if they're moving away from these standalone movies, yeah. these thousand movies, which, um, I think, I, I love Rogue One. Yeah, I love Rogue, that Rogue One is a great So I'm movie. all for them doing these movies, but mm-hmm. I think they need to stay away from, like, telling more origin stories about characters we already know. It needs mm-hmm. to be like Rogue One, filling in holes or, or talking about a character. I mean, why don't we have a standalone movie about one person from the Clone Wars. Like, anybody. Clone Kit Fist, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of thought thing yeah. I want in my standalone movies. It's just a character mm-hmm. that we've not seen developed and explained. Yeah. We know everything about Han Solo, like, where he ends up, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what made Rogue One so good. But yeah, that's why I guess I'd be sad to see him go, but if these are good series of movies, I'm so down for it. But I will be so sad if, because of that, we do not get the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, which I think is definitely possible. I, I definitely think they're going to stop making anthology films, at least for a time. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, the chronology we talked about last week where we get Ryan Johnson, Game of Thrones, Ryan Johnson, Game of Thrones, that kind of makes sense that they do, go sequentially. Do you, do you think, I think there's this possibility, too, of we get, and I think this is... is we get two Star Wars movies a year. And basically every December, you get a Ryan Johnson or Game of Thrones director, Benny uh, Off and Wise uh, movie. And then in May, you get the standalone movies. Um, listen, I love Star Wars content, but I almost feel like that's entirely too much. And, and the, the common rebuttal is, what about Marvel? You know, And I know like, oh, it's not the same thing, and it's not. But they're a business um, here to make money. And, uh, and they would make a ton of money. And, and you can't blame them if they think they can make post money doing that, you know. But the, the one thing, like, I as a Star Wars fan, it's kind of a battle. Because I want as much... I want to be drowning in Star Wars content. That's what half yeah. of my heart is saying. But the other half is saying is I don't want Star Wars to be turned into a joke or... Um, I want, something that people say, you know, remember all those Star Wars movies that came out and they just laugh at it with derision. Like, it yeah. loses its luster in a way. No, I agree, I agree. I think that's why you could make 
the standalone movies could not be so focused on that thing that we all love, the Force, the Jedi. You know, that's yeah. why you could get away with it, maybe. Um, maybe that means still every year you're getting one movie that's focused on, you know, a story arc mm-hmm. that involves the Force and yeah. such, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we get an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Uh, the fact that, I don't know, I just get worried. You know, there was that talk um, a while back that they had already picked out kind of the director for mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm blank on his name right now. But, um, and then we just, it just went silent. Dead silent. We heard them talk about um, oh, what the, the possible film, uh, the name they were using for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like James Trees, the, uh, the, the Jerusalem Tree or whatever. Or, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and basically, the idea being, yeah, out in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where they were going to be filming the movie. And it made sense, and everything made sense. Yeah. And now it's just silence. It's, yeah, it's definitely. It's disconcerting, and I guess I wouldn't be surprised if one day we get the news like, yeah, we scrapped that Obi-Wan film, just like we, we scrapped the uh, Boba Fett film, which we thought was definitely going to happen, and then it didn't. Uh, yeah, but that this movie, is, I mean, yeah, I don't think we're getting that. No, but, oh my gosh, everybody wants an Obi-Wan film. I just don't get why Lucas, okay, and this is going to sound kind of cynical, but why can't they do what all the fans say? And, like, for example, even casting... Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. There are so many people that you can distinctively prove are better at voicing and acting. Like, and again, we talked about this. I'm not. I know. I have faith that they made the right call, or they think they made the right call totally. when they made it. But I don't know. It just seems like Disney, as much as they say they're listening to us, and I think maybe on the TV show level, they you know. But like, how much are they really listening yeah, to us? That's know? true. Oh, I get so nervous thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Well, <laughs> what's some more positive news? Uh, positive news, I don't have any. Actually, I do have some positive news. We're heading into this week's character spotlight. We've yes. already talked about him in today's show. He's not Obi-Wan. He's got really cool armor, and he shouldn't have survived the Sarlacc. But he probably did. <laughs> it's Boba Fett. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Everybody's favorite bounty hunter, the cool dude from the Star Wars Christmas special, the guy who <laughs> it was announced that they were going to have the cool toy with a jetpack on the back, but they kind of canceled it because kids would get choked on the little uh, yeah. the jet that comes out. So there's he only like 30 in existence. Oh, oh man, and he died like a total punk in um, Return of the Jedi. But did he? But did he? Uh. Actually, he did not. But before we talk about that, let's kind of start with his origins. So. Um, in Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett asks for one unaltered clone of himself, which turns out to be Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's his origins. <laughs> the problem with Boba Fett clone. is, the more you examine him, the more you realize there's not a ton to him. There's not. Um, um, the Clone Wars tried to make more, and I think they really didn't. They oh, ruined it. Oh, gosh. He uh, just grinded my gears. He's in the so Wars. annoying. He's an annoying little punk. He's like Aracene's little pet that she's yeah. responsible to keep alive because she was friends with Jango Fett. You uh, want to explain that at all to anybody who hasn't seen that arc in Clone Wars? So, basically, the first glimpse that we get of Boba Fett in the Clone Wars is that he's kind of... Baby Boba. Baby Boba. He snuck into this little uh, this regiment of young clones that are kind of getting their first show around a Jedi cruiser. He's there, like, of course, 
everybody else looks like him because he's a clone. And I guess in a way he's the same age as him, even though he's probably a little bit older because he's, of course, genetically um, unaltered. So he's there to do sabotage. And he actually, um, he's trying to kill Mace Windu. That's his end game. And Mace Windu, he about almost goes in his quarters. But then Anakin calls him. He's like, hey, uh, Mace, I need you to come to the bridge. And then so Mace Windu says to this clone, I need you to take this to my quarters. He walks and trips something, and the clone gets blown up. Along with Mace Windu's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, Boba Fett destroys a lot of stuff on this little cruiser, and he gets into this escape pod with some of his um, fellow clones. The escape pod gets picked up by these this group of bounty hunters that um, Boba Fett was working for, and off he goes. And then later he's, we see him doing... Um, heists and stuff, doing jobs with this group of bounty hunters, including Aura Singh, who's this weird lady with an antenna out of her head. Um, Hondo's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, so I don't know. It kind of goes nowhere, and it never really gets finished because the Clone Wars were were never finished. Um, (laughs) So that's basically all that we have about Boba Fett um, before um, we see him in Episode 5, and then all he does is say, put him in the cargo hole. That's about it. So, yeah, so obviously there's not a ton to him, but he's become such an iconic character to Star Wars. I mean, he's he he really is loved, though, by people. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to, first first off, the first time you see Boba Fett, you have never seen, and keep in mind, you've never seen Clone Trooper armor, you've never seen, you've seen Stormtrooper stuff, but you've never seen that slick look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, honestly, I think his armor and that mask of his was what won everybody over to him the first time they'd seen him. I mean, now we look at Star Wars, we've got all these cool masks. We have Kylo Ren's mask, which I think his mask was one of the coolest masks. Mm-hmm. I really did love that. You've got Revan's mask. Which Vin, is you know. Mandalorian, yeah. like Boba Fett's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, really, is his mask originated the coolest masks in Star Wars oh, history. Totally. He And um, his mask spawned some of the coolest Star Wars lore, like, the idea that his mask is Mandalorian, which is connected to this ancient warrior civilization, which yeah. connects to um, <laughs> who also, of course, wears a Mandalorian mask. So, in that respect, like he totally looks cool. Like he looks awesome. Yeah, but you could look pretty awesome and be kind of useless. Now, um, I'll say first off, one thing that I think, as much as the prequels, I don't think handled. We can get into this another time, but maybe handle the clones. Um, well, specifically like Django Fett um, mm-hmm. and, and Baby Bobo, uh, perfectly well. One thing that I actually recently uh, noticed, I thought was kind of neat, um, is really the callback. So in uh, in uh, episode two, right, you have uh, you have Django and Bobo uh, trying to find Obi Wan Kenobi through the minefield, right? Mm-hmm. And what or you know what or the asteroid field. And uh, Obi-Wan, like, parks on an asteroid. You know what I'm seeing I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have to go to Geno's. Yeah, and I just yeah. saw a cool thing kind of recently, but, you know, um, in, in Episode 5, when they're trying to catch, uh, they're, they're going to catch uh, William Falcon, William Falcon yeah. uh, his ship is basically hiding on the side of the, the cruiser, right? Oh, um, yeah. And, and that's a really cool callback to... And that's how Boba Fett knew to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So wow, I think good that's job, George. Yeah, I think that's really neat. I wonder if he did that on purpose. I think so. I don't know. I mean I guess I don't know. Maybe not. But if not, it's a cool coincidence. Yeah. 
But it kind of shows that, you know, Bobo learned. He, he was good at remembering what he saw his dad do and saw Obi-Wan Kenobi do. You know, he, he learned from those ex- early experiences with the clones. And uh, and that's what makes him really more dangerous than Jango, if, if, if you think of it practically. Now, he didn't look that way at all. No. Um, and we get a very awkward scene with him in... Oh, man, one of the most awkward like deaths maybe in Star Wars history. Well, I think maybe the worst scene that they did. I don't. I think I'm pretty sure they added it in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. Is like you see him like flirting with some of the dancers in Jabba's palace. Yeah. It's like why? Yeah. Why did I need to see that? Like. No, I know Boba exactly Fett, what you're talking about. If anybody doesn't have emotions, it's Boba Fett. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Besides anger. Well, and what kind of makes him cool is that this lone wolf mentality that yeah. like and that's just always a cool character like if you ever watch power rangers and there's always like the white ranger or the silver ranger there's always one special ranger that was like an outcast yeah he yeah. was always or she almost always he was always the coolest character in power rangers right and that that travels over in all media yeah. like the character that you don't see that much of that shows up and looks cool mm-hmm. just captivates you well, that was Darth Vader in um, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. Sh- he got like he had like nine minutes of screen time or something like that. But yeah, he automatically became one of the best villains of all time. And I think Boba Fett, in a similar way, captivated hearts and minds without ever doing anything in any of the movies. It was just he was in the right place at the right time. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, cool armor. Um, really, the tattered armor looked awesome. You you thought, man, this guy's been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and calm and collected because you couldn't see his face. So you just assumed he knew what he was doing and yeah. he wasn't uh, nervous about anything. Um, and he was the one that ultimately tracked down the Millennium, uh, Millennium Falcon, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, he did do, I think we think of his fight in uh, Episode 6 as what he's known for if you're yeah. a Star Wars nerd. But, I mean, he did outwit Han Solo. Yeah. He caught him. Yeah. He outwitted him, you know, and like, Han's trick, should I thought it should have worked. Yeah. But Boba Fett was just better. He was better yeah. in that respect. Yeah. And so I think that's maybe an overlook. That whole, I think we overlooked maybe other little, that that, that little whole scene. I've always loved that yeah, scene. Yeah, I guess he doesn't need to have a cool fight scene to be a cool character. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And that's true of a lot of characters in Star Wars that didn't have ultra cool fight scenes. I mean... Even Yoda before the prequels, mm-hmm. we didn't expect him to be fighting, right? And, and like, we didn't need him. And when he did fight, we were exactly dumb CGI crap. He didn't become cooler <laughs> because of his fight. No, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I think anybody, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say that everybody that's seen him at the beginning of Attack of the Clones when he comes out and he's about to fight, at first you're down, you're freaking out yeah. the first time you've Yoda. ever seen. Him. Let's go. And then you watch the scene, and it's like it just doesn't. Yeah, but that's another <laughs> conversation. We got yeah, we got off it. So this the Sarlacc, Sarlacc. Uh, he gets bumped, his jetpack malfunctions, <laughs> and he falls into the Sarlacc. And for a while, he was dead. And I think it's a bit of despicable fan service that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. I don't think it was necessary. I guess you can argue this quote. Now, here's what I will say. We all said that about Darth Maul. When when we first found out Darth Maul lived, 
that was it was dumb. That's true. And, That's and, true. And so I think it does matter how they handle it going forward. If we mm-hmm. get some awesome movie with Boba Fett, which I think if you were going to do it, I honestly think he almost can't be the main character because that ruins the mysterious yeah. nature of who he is, which yeah. made him so cool. That's what he had going for him. If you try to give him emotion and character and all these little arcs and, oh, he's talking cry about his mm-hmm. dad a little bit and, you know, oh, I don't like this would do, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like, that's not going to make him cooler and you're no. not going to respect him at all. And then it will be a stupid move. But Darth Maul is a perfect example of a character who was handled really well after a fan service move, you know. The way that, um, in some of the comics, basically Boba Fett just flies out of the Sarlacc, mm-hmm. which I think is stupid. Like Superman. But in the Aftermath novels, and I think you know a little bit more about this than I do, the way he survives is actually kind of cool. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't know. Like, I don't think it's... It's not 100% he survives, but they leave it open-ended to the point where they want they want you to infer that he most yeah. likely survives. Um, and in the Aftermath novel, yeah, you, you find, you know, they find you know, remnants of his you know, suit. And one thing that I thought was really cool is how they maybe handled his survival now, um, being more that... Uh, as he was, you know, digested or whatever, his suit protected him from the acid and stuff that would normally have just melted everything, you know, any other creature that it had, would eat. Yeah. Um, which gives his suit a little bit more awesome. It makes the suit cooler, but it really makes, uh, it's a better escape story than him just flying out with a thermal detonator or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, um, I think I seen some pictures. They were talking, you know, talking about how his armor is all disfigured now. It's all like, gooey and melted looking and it has this look to it where you go yeah much longer in there and that thing's just gonna be soup yeah you know which is cool um it shows that like it was a struggle it was a fight like he he didn't just get to you know climb on out because it's you know i don't get the impression that it was so impenetrable that he could just sit down there and relax yeah skype his his clone brothers you know (laughs) like he he probably was in a lot of pain and it probably was an awful awful situation you know but, um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. think I think bringing him back, though cheap fan service, I think maybe I might be a bigger Bubble fan than you, from what it sounds like. I don't know. I, I have always liked Bubble Fat. Yeah. I really have. And I know there's no great reason to do it. Like, he's one of those That's characters hard. that I just want to use my free, I like you for no reason card. Well, one know? thing is, you know, um, part of the reason people want an Obi-Wan film is just because they love Ewan McGregor so much. A lot of... Uh, a lot of original trilogy fans were mad when in the special edition, Boba Fett's um, voice was re- replaced by Tamora Morrison's voice, who voiced Jango Fett and Commander Cody, to basically keep up franchise continuity. Yeah. I love Tamora Morrison's voice. Part yeah. of why I like Moana is because Tamora Mor- <laughs> Morrison voiced the chief. Commander Cody? And I don't know, like if they do a Boba Fett film, I'd enjoy it just because I'd get to hear Tamora Morrison talk some more. And if Boba Fett is in Solo, then we probably will get to hear Tamora Morrison, which is awesome. Which is interesting. I mean, would you bring back, if he's going to be this young, I mean, I, do you have Tamora, you know? Because I mean, now you know quite an age, we have quite an age difference between the guys who be voicing him and how old he needs to be. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, depends, like, Han Solo... How, how old is he? He's, uh, I want to say he's in his tw- 20s. I want to say how, he said 25 I guess, how long after Revenge of the Sith is this movie taking place? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. It's never really been an issue that I've had to think through, but... Because it could be upwards of, say, 
15 years after Attack of the Clones when Boba was a child. So I think yeah. by this point, I think Boba Fett would be a man. So yeah. I don't think that would be out of the realm of possibility to have him voiced by Tamora Morrison. Yeah. But no, oh, yeah, that I, I track with that. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I have no idea if that's what they would actually do. Yeah. I'm I, no expert, but I just like his voice. Just get Tom Hardy in there, voice him real fast. <laughs> don't tell me you wouldn't go crazy though for some Tom Hardy of voice, Boba Fett. <laughs> but overall, I think the basic summary of it all is Boba Fett is a great character. Yeah. It. it if you can appreciate what he brings. And he doesn't bring that much. No. He doesn't bring that much. But if you like what he brings, which is just that cool vibe of, like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to do anything to give you that vibe. He just looks cool. Cool rifle. Cool blast. You know, cool rifle. And cool ship. Yeah. You know? Well, speaking of um, attacking clones, mm-hmm. we are um, readopting our previous segment discussing some broad thing from the Star Wars galaxy and trying to just dissect it see what it means for the galaxy at large this week we're going to talk about Order 66 obviously a really broad topic but we want to go at it from the perspective of the clones Um, why did they do it and what did they feel doing it Yeah. (laughs) what are the repercussions of that across the galaxy Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's canon that the clone army turned on their Jedi commanders because they had an inhibitor chip. Every clone had an inhibitor chip placed in their head. A few clones managed to remove them, uh, chiefly Captain Rex, which is awesome. But the rest of them did not. The plot was close to being discovered near the the end of the Clone Wars. Was it Fives? Uh, Yes. Almost figured it out. But then he got executed. That's sad. Um... But, uh, yeah, so inhibitor chips switch on. What do they do? Do they just take over the clones' minds? And they have single-minded dedication to um, <laughs> killing all the Jedi? Yeah. Because in the Clone Wars, the clones are good guys. They're fighting for the Republic. They're fighting for freedom. And a lot of them are just good, decent people. And then... Moments later, they have no problem yeah. murdering their Jedi commanders that they served with for years. Yeah. yeah, so I'll say, like, this is our era with the Clone Wars, to me, really helped me appreciate mm-hmm. this a lot more. When I saw Revenge of the Sith, um, I, was, I was a little ticked off, and I knew yeah. it was coming, but I... Here's the thing, I loved the clones. I fell in love with them. I did. I know some people weren't as big on them. I really loved the clones. I thought they looked. I thought their ships were cool. I'm really big for just cool looking armor, as you probably can tell from just a few moments earlier. Yeah. Um, but I thought they looked awesome, and everything about it made sense. And then you really see these guys, like Commander Cody and all these guys, and they have such a. They really seem loyal, and they seem like guys who really care a lot about uh, about everybody around them. And uh, and then all of a sudden, they just. Fire, kill him, fire kill him, destroy them all. Fire on that lizard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gosh, you know, it, it, it's more than just following orders, because if there's no inhibitor chip, like, good soldiers follow orders, yeah, isn't that what um, kept coming up in the Clone Wars? Good soldiers yeah. follow orders, good soldiers follow orders. It's more than that. They were. It's not just, you can't just be given the order to turn on your commanders and expect all of them to follow it without question and with a little glee. 
something that had to happen in their minds. I don't necessarily think that they became evil. More, it just kind of warped their perception of reality, where they still thought that they were doing good by wiping out the Jedi. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that makes it a much more stomachable... Stomachable. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, that's not a word, I don't think. Maybe. Let's, let's roll with it. Yeah, it's a lot more stomachable. It's a much more stomachable to believe that they were, like, ultimately deceived. Yeah. Um, instead, of, And that, may, that falls in line with the Sith, the Sith and just, you know, Palpatine's way of doing Manipulating things, right? everybody and everything in the whole galaxy. Yeah, instead of just being like, ah, these guys are just on my side the whole time, not your side. Yeah. You have, like, complete manipulation from one man, really. One cool thing um, from uh, some of the clips I've watched from Rebels is Captain Rex says, I never turned on my Jedi. Like, Captain Rex loved Anakin. Like, I, I have no doubt about yeah. that. Anakin was his commanding officer, but they served side by side. He loved Anakin, and he loved Ahsoka, and a lot of these clones felt the same about their Jedi, and I just can't believe that they yeah. would do something like this and without having yeah. their minds altered. Yeah, no, that's another thing. Like, the clones, especially in the Clone Wars, they have a connection, and it's cool. They're not just blind slaves following the... There's, there's a humanness to them mm-hmm. that I think maybe the Attack of the Clones didn't do the best job portraying. They did an awful job. <laughs> It's terrible. Uh, I think Avengers Sith movie. did a little bit better. Yeah. You got Commander Cody, who's kind of cool. We get to see his face. Yeah. But no, yeah, in general, they seem like kind of just blind slaves. But you watch, that's why everybody should watch Clone Wars. Um, they're people. They're people who have a cause that they want to fight for. And so it almost makes it sadder, but more <laughs> stomachable. Yeah. When you see what happens with them, you know, they were manipulated to the point that they killed their friends, the ones they loved. Mm -hmm. They, yeah, that's a huge theme in the Clone Wars is wrestling with the humanity of the clone army, because essentially they're slaves of the Republic. And yes, they are conditioned to believe that that's okay. There are some clones that actually, there's one clone that leaves and starts his own family. Yeah. Um, They believe that they're, humans a lot of them think that they are expendable but at the end of the day they're they're people and what's it mean to have an army of people that you view as expendable i don't know that's part of why i love the clone wars is because it brings up some of the hairier moral dilemmas about having a clone army yeah 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 no i i 100 agree um i guess the next question really with order 66 is you know post order 66 mm-hmm. you know um how does that look for these clones? So, for example, let's talk like Rebels for a second, right? You have Rex, who, uh, Captain Rex, who one of my favorite characters in Rebels and, and in the Clone Wars. He's just a great character. And watching how he handles it is actually one of my favorite things. There's a, there's a good uh, scene in Rebels where he's fighting, uh, I believe they're fighting a, some droids in an old droid factory, basically. And he gets almost PTSD. Because he's remembering all of what he had seen with mm-hmm. his Jedi brothers. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's so sad. And then he's, he talks to Ahsoka. When he sees Ahsoka again, right, in Rebels, that connection is so... It, it's, it shows why the clones are great characters, mm-hmm. but why Order 66 has such an effect on those specifically who didn't have the inhibitor chip, you know, looking back at all of their friends. I mean, did you imagine what that would be like to go through? To wish, I mean, every day, what if I could have gotten them to get rid of theirs? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, those are your friends. Those are your guys you're living with. 
You know, you're fighting your brother side like, by side. Clones considered themselves brothers. Yeah, really. Yeah, it must and, have been so tragic for Captain. I can't imagine what he went through. Yeah, seeing his brothers do something as awful to as his friends or the ones he loves. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be that'd be hard. And I think that's why Rebels partially. I think you know we can just flush it out, you know, more here. But like, there's a cool, a cool um, battle. Um, an emotional battle that every cool, I mean, cool for us who are enjoying yeah, the entertainment yeah, out of it. Yes. Uh, but a uh, battle that has to happen emotionally handling something like that. Yeah. You know? I think we don't give the clones enough credit. They're humans. Yeah. And they struggle with this stuff, you know? One, th- I get a kind of tangential to this, um, to this issue is I don't think people appreciate exactly, I guess, how well the concept of the Clone Wars generally is handled in the prequels. And in the Clone Wars, because uh, before the prequels were made, a lot of the legends and extended universe stuff talking about the Clone Wars was kind of nonsense. It was like some normally the clones were like the bad guys, and it was kind of stuff that you'd expect from like some low budget sci fi channel movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But the idea that the clones they're the good guys, they have this awesome armor, stuff like that. It 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 really yeah. is a good concept. And that's something that I do appreciate about even yeah. attack of the clones as yeah. much as that's my least favorite star Wars movie. Even, even then I appreciate my, what they did with the clones. I think maybe my favorite part of attack of the clones, though many people probably disagree. I do love when the clones first show up. I don't really care for the whole thing on Genesis. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But when they first show up and you just see all these guys come out of the sky who you've never really seen fight before. And the Jedi are a little perplexed, you know, like what's going on. And they just, I mean, they just mow down the droids. I mean, it, yeah. this is not even fair. And um, it, it gives you almost a sense of, like, you know, you, if you watch a good, you know, military movie or whatever, you get that kind of sense of patriotism. Do you yeah. think the Jedi probably had that for... I mean, not in a sense because they can obviously cover and protect the yeah. clones more than the clones protect them. Yeah. But just a sense of, like, man, they're putting their lives down the line at a much greater cost than we are. Like, they're, mm-hmm. a lot of them are going to die. Yeah. Two of us are going to die. You know, yeah. that's a big sacrifice. To, mm-hmm. to make. Although, if you think about it, it's kind of weird. Because none of these Jedi really know where the clones came from. Obi-Wan knows it has something to do with sifo yeah. and somebody named Tyrannus, which... <laughs> Tyrannus. Yeah. And all these dudes that are clones of this bounty hunter that tried to kill a Jedi Master show up. And you're like, <laughs> sick, let's go destroy yeah, some Yeah, these guys are good. That's well, a little... That's a little yeah. weird. But in the time frame, what are you going to do? Question it. Say, nah, we're not going to fight with you guys. Like, you yeah. kind of had to. Like, and, and then you assume yeah. there were some really good discussions that happened. Of course. Between two and and I guess I feel better. Um, it's Yoda that's leading the charge with the clones down to the surface of Geonosis. And, you know, Yoda was duped like everybody else by Palpatine. But even still, you feel like a little sense of trust in Yoda. Like, if Yoda buys it, then yeah, it's probably just yeah. probably checks yeah. out. Yeah, no, that's... You know that there was... Um, a sense of this guy believes we're good. I'm gonna believe we're good. I'm not yeah. gonna question the status quo. Mm-hmm. Well. So I mean, that's not worked that well for people on the Jedi Council mm-hmm. uh, and within the Jedi in general. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think the clones and I think Order sixty six was handled pretty well as yeah. far as prequel yeah. stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Was there some? I mean, when I first saw it, without the Clone Wars to fill in some of the problems, it seemed kind of cheap. A cheap trick, like oh, now we gotta make sure they're bad because. That's what you thought your whole, you know... Attack of the Clones, but the clones attack for ten minutes of a two and a half hour movie. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we never get to see what they're all about. We never hear why exactly they turn. Like, it's yeah, just no. a hologram of Palpatine saying, uh, it's Order 66 time. And then when Cody points <laughs> at Obi-Wan, all the clones are, oh, yeah, of course. Boom. Shoot down, shoot down the lizard. So, yeah. Um, I think that the inhibitor chip is a, I guess it's a neat little way of trying yeah. to rationalize yeah. what is actually, I yeah. guess, poor storytelling. Yeah, no, yeah but, uh, for sure it is. But, I mean, but even still. That's what Rogue I, One was all about, fixing poor storytelling. Yeah, you know? that's true. We love that movie. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, yeah, I guess even or, the idea of Order 66, we might talk about this at a later date. I don't even know if it fits with the continuity of the rest of the movies, because, like, you know, Obi-Wan seems to have no problem whipping out his lightsaber in A New Hope, even though the place is crawling with stormtroopers. And if you're an enemy of the Empire and of the Republic, I'd feel a little uncomfortable about just whipping out my lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a discussion for another time. You know, that just to end on this, I think, you, um, oh, what is it, Hux? What's Hux say in uh, Seven about the clones? Oh, maybe Supreme Leader should... Uh, consider using the clone. Yeah, no, no, Kylo Ren says that. Oh yeah, you're right. Because he's like mad at Hux because one of his because Finn yeah. is a traitor. And it makes you wonder why go away from it. I know we. I, I think mm -hmm. one of the big main theories is well, they didn't want to be able to have to have groups they couldn't trust. You know, yeah. but that seems a little cheap. I mean, I think you could say about droids or yeah. anybody. Really. One fear I heard is that the thing is Palpatine because these clones clones were expensive because they were they were all well trained. Um, they had all these hormones, um, and they had to come from Camino, and they're the only really good cloners. Um, Palpatine, he didn't really need um, a super great um, army that's super skilled because he's in control of both major yeah. factions. Like he just shuts down the CIS, but, I mean, and yeah. he just wanted to just drown the galaxy in troopers, that, so he just started using regular people. But I mean, why not do both? I mean, it just seems like it seems like a poor judgment call, obviously. Yeah. It was. I mean, history, Star Wars history showed it to be so. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had that clone army when the rebels were still were rising up. It would have been a much different story, I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the rebel. Here's the thing: clones. If you really watch them, they're they're pretty good at what they do. Compared, I think oftentimes we think they are awful, just like stormtroopers at shooting things. And I mean, if you watch episode. If you watch the attack on Utapau, for example, Utapau, when they come to steady down, man, they're hitting most of their shots. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. I would not want to fight them as a Re from the Rebel Alliance. Now, I would fight a Stormtrooper. The thing is, the clone army was made, and I guess used by the Republic, as a specific response to a specific crisis. Not to be the army of the Republic for all time. The Empire didn't have a specific galaxy-wide crisis that they yeah. needed to have elite no troops respond to, and they'd have to be keeping new generations of clones all the time. Yeah. That's super expensive because these clones age so fast. There's a lot of problems with it, but it just yeah. seems like, man, if you even kept a little garrison of like five of first troopers, imagine all oh. commandos. Oh yeah, the art oh. troopers. Can you imagine art a, troopers? We oh, have like man. or some. Oh man, you could do some It'd be cool sad stuff. To see them as the bad guys, though. It would be. Oh, watching the art troopers just yeah. gun down my homies, my my my, my rebel friends. Uh, oh man, the Forks. empire. The empire is the good guys. Yep, they yeah, are good guys. They were. We'll keep telling ourselves. Oh, so about that's about that's about all I've got on Order sixty six for now. Um, yeah, you got anything else, Eric? I I mean, I just 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 like last time, right? I'm on a positive note mm -hmm. in the Star Wars world right now, riding high, you know. 
I'm still uh, optimistic about the idea of an Obi-Wan movie. Yeah, I think it could happen. I think it should happen. I yeah. think everybody thinks it should happen. And I think if... I honestly think if Lucasfilm's smart, they end, if they're going to end their standalones, end it on a high note. Don't end it on... Don't want to end it on Solo, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, even and, if it's great. Yeah, even yeah, even if it's great. I mean, if it is great, that might be a little different. But, I mean, end it on something where you can say, yeah, but we gave the fans what they wanted. You know, just yeah. as a tool for dealing for with the public. the anthology films serve the purpose that everybody really thought that they would have. I guess Rogue One did. Solo, not necessary. Obi-Wan... Everybody would love it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't... The thing is, is, it doesn't do anything to your Star Wars universe that makes you mad, unless they do something really stupid. But, for example, Han Solo, there's so many ways that you can do that wrong, and few ways that you really do it right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's why an Obi-Wan movie shouldn't, and it wouldn't, I know it wouldn't, but, like, this is to prove a concept. It shouldn't be prequel, like... Uh, not prequel. Um, before episode one, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I don't yeah. think. Oh, you know, um, and the point being, like, deal with stuff that's just this open space of time where we want to know what happened. Like, we don't really. Part of what makes Han Solo so great is you kind of like that you didn't know everything. You, you like, felt like you didn't need to because you thought he's a smuggler and that's all I need to know about him. Yeah, exactly. He's just like any other scruffy looking yeah, nerd it wasn't in the like, galaxy. It was, and now, Han Solo had been guarding, you know, one of the most important people in the universe for a while. Maybe then you'd care a little yeah, bit. But like, yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi literally was guarding the, at that time, believed to be chosen one. Yeah. You, you know, like, he, the new hope. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I guess those are my thoughts right there. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we're going to be back next week with another exciting episode um, for Eric. I am Evan, and thank you for listening to the Duel of the Face Nerdcast.